Hey there, it's me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, that redheaded actor from Modern Family. I have a podcast. It's combining a couple of my favorite things, talking and food. Please join me as I dine with the biggest names in entertainment, people like Julie Bowen, Kristen Bell, Fred Armisen, and so many more. It's called Dinners on Me, and you're invited. Am I saying a chocolate souffle is going to get me to reveal all of my secrets? Yeah, I am. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Just about a week ago, President Biden ordered all businesses with more than 100 employees to require their workers to be vaccinated or undergo weekly testing. My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. He also required most healthcare facilities that accept Medicare or Medicaid funding to vaccinate their employees. And he compelled all federal employees to get vaccinated too. If you want to work with the federal government and do business with us, get vaccinated. If you want to do business with the federal government, vaccinate your workforce. Through the power of executive orders, Biden issued these mandates designed to affect tens of millions of Americans. But with no federal verification system and a persistent group of the workforce vehemently refusing the vaccine, these mandates may be easier said than done. So how can vaccine mandates effectively be enforced across the country? Republicans argue that these mandates are an infringement on civil liberties. Would that argument hold up in court? And how do the American people feel about Biden enforcing vaccines? Frankly, can he do that? This is Can He Do That, a podcast about the powers and limitations of American government in a time of deep division. I'm Allison Michaels. This was the most sweeping set of mandates that we've seen so far from the Biden administration. This was really a step up in the administration's fight against the pandemic. Yasmin Abutaleb is a health policy reporter here at The Post. The most consequential one is probably his executive order telling companies with more than 100 employees to mandate vaccines for their employees or else make them submit to regular testing. And that rule is still being crafted, but the companies would be subject to some kind of fine, $14,000 per violation. It's not quite clear what that would mean yet for whoever is not vaccinated. The other one is a stricter enforcement of his order requiring all federal employees to get vaccinated. So when he first announced this at the end of July, employees could either get vaccinated or do regular testing. He took that a step further and said all federal employees have to be vaccinated. There's no opt out for testing. And then the last one is requiring healthcare facilities that receive Medicare and Medicaid funding to require their workers to be vaccinated. So this impacts a huge swath of the population. And I think the administration feels like this is their best shot yet to reach a bunch of the people who have still resisted vaccines. Now, of course, because this show is called Can He Do That? I have to ask you this question straight away. How can he do this? He's using executive orders, but how much power does that really give him? 
So the government does seem to have this authority, and most legal experts think they're likely to prevail in any legal challenges this executive order will face, which we already know are are likely to happen. It's been a while, but there was a, a vaccine mandate put in place in the early 1900s for smallpox. And because smallpox was ravaging communities in the United States, the government put in place a mandate. And there were legal challenges to that that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And in that, the court ruled that the government did have the authority to put in place a mandate that people did not have unilateral personal liberties to resist vaccination, especially when it meant putting others at risk. So there is precedent for this. And you've seen even in this pandemic, some legal challenges to colleges and universities that have put in place mandates. And those have all, I think, mostly all have managed to to hold up even in the face of those legal challenges. The other thing is that there needs to be medical and religious exemptions, which do exist in this executive order that the administration's put forward. They're still crafting the rule and figuring out how it would be implemented, so it's not yet clear what exactly would qualify under that. But they do seem to have the exemptions in place that have been set by precedent, and they do seem like they'll probably be able to resist legal challenges that come forward on this. It's so interesting that, as you say, the issue of personal liberties has already been addressed by the court, because it's this argument that you hear again and again, especially from Republican lawmakers, that Biden is violating personal liberties by doing this. Given that the precedent already exists, is this new mandate still likely to face legal challenges anyway? Oh, absolutely. You've already seen the Republican National Committee say it was going to sue. A number of Republican governors say they were going to sue. There are Republican lawmakers calling Biden authoritarian or saying that this is government overreach. So this almost certainly is going to face legal challenges. But I think largely the the consensus among law experts is that the Biden administration will likely prevail in court no matter what challenges it faces. So it seems like the administration was very deliberate in constructing these executive orders to make sure they held up against legal muster. Absolutely. They did not put these requirements in place lightly. And we saw the administration didn't want to go right away to these sort of onerous mandates. You saw them take a number of steps. They started with incentives, with trying to offer cash prizes and sports tickets for getting vaccinated. When that clearly wasn't working and moving the needle enough, they moved to this federal worker mandate or regular testing at the end of July. And that was in large part done to give businesses that wanted to put in place mandates political cover to do so, that they could sort of follow the path laid by the federal government. I think you see this as yet another cultural divide, but it does seem like the administration does still have a majority of public support. Even after the mandates were announced, many polls showed that a majority of the public still supported mandates. So in short, the answer to whether or not Biden can do this is yes. It seems like based on the executive orders that he has laid out, this is likely to hold up in court. It does seem like he can do this and that he'll likely succeed in upholding it. A lot of prominent Republicans, including House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, have been pretty outspoken against these new mandates. If you were one of those individuals that had not been vaccinated yet, you had questions, you had doubt. 
I don't believe in a punishment method to get somebody to do it because they'll create more doubt. If you remove information from the internet where they can't have all the information, if you say you're vaccinated and you still have to wear a mask, even though the science doesn't say it behind it, that is no incentive to get vaccinated. So I would take a much different approach. I was in many cases, they themselves are vaccinated, and we've just established that the legal groundwork is likely on Biden's side. So why are Republicans taking this approach? I think they see this as another potential cultural wedge issue in the same way they kind of made masks a cultural issue. They've argued that this is a violation of personal liberties and personal freedom and that this is the government mandating what they do with their bodies. And so I think they see this as something that could potentially appeal to a a base of their supporters. And it does seem to be working in some cases. You do see in a lot of states the public really revolting against mask mandates in school. So, of course, they're going to revolt against broader vaccine mandates. So I think they see this as another cultural issue they can kind of pounce on. But it does still seem like the majority of the public does want these mandates in place. And what about all the people that aren't covered by these mandates? It, it should cover about tens of millions of people. But obviously, there's people who don't fall into any of the categories where this would be mandated. So is there a plan to reach them? That's a great question. And I think we're st- still waiting to see. My colleague, Annie Linsky, and I wrote a story saying that the administration had debated requiring vaccinations for international travelers and then decided against that because they came up against a number of logistical hurdles that they didn't know how to resolve quite yet or or thought it would be too logistically challenging right now. And we know that they're discussing a potentially broader mandate for domestic travel. It's unclear how likely that is to go into effect, but clearly more mandates are on the table. So this seems to be a point of active discussion. We're still facing a huge surge in the country. We're still at more than 150,000 cases a day. And we've seen through the example of other countries that mandates are probably the most effective tool there is to compel vaccine-hesitant people to go ahead and get shots. So you saw them take this big next step forward, but you still see them not quite using all the power of the federal government to enforce this. As you mentioned, the vaccine rules apply to businesses with more than 100 employees. How has the business world been reacting to this? It's been a bit mixed, but I think you've actually seen a lot of businesses welcome this. A lot of businesses want to mandate vaccinations for their employees because it means people can more easily get back to work. You'll have fewer disruptions. It's safer. So a lot of businesses were actually looking for the political cover to go ahead and do this. You already saw a number of large employers go ahead and do this even before this announcement after Biden announced the first federal worker vaccine mandate. You saw places like Walmart and McDonald's and Tyson Foods and a number of other large employers go ahead and announce their own employer mandates or submit to regulations. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. I think there were a lot of perhaps smaller businesses that wanted more political cover to go ahead and move forward with this. And then, of course, you've seen some unions, some businesses say that they're going to fight back, that this is too onerous for them, that this isn't practical. So it's been a bit divided. But I think by and large, you you saw businesses wanting this protection from the government, this this rationale they could use to go ahead and require it. More of my conversation on vaccine mandates with Yasmin after this. 
If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. What do we know at this point about how effective a mandate like this might be in the United States? We've seen some evidence from abroad of this working, but of course the United States is unique in some of its vaccine hesitancy and its vaccine resistance. So what do we know about how effective this might actually be? I think there are some early signs that these can be quite effective. And you can just look at some U.S. companies that put in place mandates slightly ahead of Biden's announcement last week. So Tyson Foods, which is a massive employer in the United States, said 5,400 people got a shot or were fully vaccinated within two weeks of the company making its announcement. You saw Delta Airlines, which stopped short of putting in place a vaccine mandate, but said that employees who did not get vaccinated would have to pay $200 more per month for their health insurance if they weren't going to get vaccinated. See, about a quarter of the unvaccinated people go and get shot. So there do seem to be some early signs, even in the U.S., that this is effective. There were some states that offered lotteries for people who got vaccinated. You could get tickets to sports games. You could get a college scholarship or full ride to college if you got a vaccine. But that wasn't moving the needle in the way that the White House wanted. So you saw them kind of moving towards this. And I think they just finally got to the point where you see them taking a kind of more antagonistic tone towards the unvaccinated and realizing that the carrots aren't working. They have to move to the sticks. They have to just require people do this or make life harder for the unvaccinated if they're going to really move the needle on this 30% or so of adults who are eligible who haven't gotten vaccinated to go ahead and do so. Okay, so if he succeeds in upholding it, the next step to this is enforcing it. And it seems puzzling to a lot of us who have had kind of wild ways of confirming our vaccination status in different forums. Sometimes it's pictures of your vaccination card. Sometimes it's pictures of pictures of your vaccination cards. Sometimes it's just mentioning that you're vaccinated. It seems like there's not a great system in place for actually enforcing these vaccine mandates and for verifying who actually is vaccinated. So how is Biden going to address that? I think you bring up a really good concern that we've heard from a lot of experts after Biden announced the sweeping set of mandates. While they said it was great that the government was moving in this direction, that this is what was needed to get more people vaccinated, they did say the administration is not addressing a, a pretty gaping hole in this plan, which is some sort of verification system. We know from past reporting that the administration has resisted this kind of measure of establishing an app or some sort of program that would allow everyone to just easily put their vaccination card or their vaccination status in there, that it would be verified. And you could basically just show almost like a QR code at a door. In this set of mandates that was announced last week, one of the examples in there was that the administration hoped that entertainment venues with lots of people indoors would require vaccinations or even just lots of people packed closely together. It's not really practical to expect people to show up with their vaccination card or to swipe through their phones and show the picture of it. And someone with a flashlight is kind of looking at it and trying to make sure the person's vaccinated. This the sort of verification system would make it a lot easier in lots of different venues to show proof that you're vaccinated. But the administration shied away from this. They've discussed it. They discussed it as early as the spring. They've decided against it. So it is, I think, a looming question. What kind of 
system could we come up with that would make it easy for people to show it and that wouldn't result in long lines or lots of backups at these places that are requiring vaccinations? So then what happens next here? What will we actually see when it comes to putting this mandate into action? Well, the administration has to actually write these rules and figure out how it's going to implement them. So even though we reported that other mandates are up for discussion, including that travel mandate, they say their focus right now is on implementing the broad set of mandates that they just announced. So they need to actually craft this rule. They need to figure out how the enforcement is going to work, how they'll find companies for violations, what constitutes as a violation. So I think it's going to be several weeks of the rulemaking process and actually getting this in place, even though they announced the sweeping set of mandates last Last week, they had really just moved to put in place the first set of mandates that Biden announced at the end of July. So this process takes time. And it's interesting to consider that it's coming at a time when the administration is trying to figure out its policies around boosters. It seems like mandating two shots is what is happening at the moment, but they're also grappling with whether or not a third shot is going to be required for most people and whether or not science supports that. So how is that complicating things for the administration right now? I think those are two separate issues. I think the vaccine mandates for the workplace are one issue and the boosters are a separate issue. The White House has said everyone would be eligible for a booster after September 20th, about eight months after you got vaccinated. There's some debate internally over if it should just be the immunocompromised and the elderly, whether it should be healthcare workers and the elderly and the immunocompromised or whether it should be everyone. I think where that question could come into play a bit more is down the line, what constitutes as fully vaccinated? vaccinated? Is it two shots or three shots? But for right now, they're still saying two shots constitutes as fully vaccinated, except for perhaps the immunocompromised. So I think these are kind of two track issues that the administration has to deal with simultaneously. All right, Yasmin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This has been another episode of Can He Do That? As always, please share it with a friend and thanks so much for listening. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by Sharla Freeland and Arjun Singh, with logo art from Greg Manifold and theme music by Ted Muldoon. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. 